Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Basement Binge amid the coronavirus. And we got all three of us. Kelton did not die on his I'm trip. alive, everybody. He made it. So, yeah, this week, <laughs> yeah, this week's going to be really different. We are not getting together like we normally do. We're recording over a Zoom call right now, so it's different. Anyway, we got a time frame of Zoom here, so we got to get into this. Spider-Man Far From Home, or Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> I'm Harrison. I'm Kelton. And I'm Cade. Let's do this. Okay, so immediately, spoiler wall. Uh, this is spoiler-free reactions to the movie. We get a minute to talk about it, and then if we would recommend it at the end. Uh, Cade, our timer man, you got that timer going for us? All right, we'll get it set it up for you. So we can get that quack. Get that quack, quackety quack, quack going. Quack, <laughs> All right, here we go. We got a minute on the clock. Who's ready to start? Go for it, Kelly. All right. Okay. Spoiler wall. So, when this movie came out, um, I was kind of confused. I didn't know they were making, like, another Spider-Man, right? Like, the third Spider-Man. So, I was, like, kind of super confused. Because when this also came out, I was also in Mexico. And so, I saw it come out in, like, theaters and stuff. But I was really confused. I didn't know if it was, like, a continuation of the second one. But anyways, so, when I came home, I finally got around to watching it. And, um... This is, it felt more of, it reminded me more of, like, what I imagined as, like, childhood Spider-Man would be. Um, it's very, very fun and lighthearted that you could really, it kind of, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but it makes you feel like you could relate to him a lot more because he's so awkward as he's in, like, I think it's a, is it middle school or no it's it's high school right yeah high school yeah but like you could relate to him so much more oh freaking dang it dude it's so short anyway good movie I would recommend it all right so my spoiler wall one minute here so I I mean I love this movie I'm sat at myself on the list that I when I did the ranking I put it at number two even though it's my all time favorite mcu movie it should be number one and it's because i thought like oh the rewatch is not as good as the winter soldier which i put above it so i had that time you know i gotta have this time in between watch homecomings lower whatever it i've ranked it wrong this is number one it deserves a number one spot i love the emotion of this film i love the new ideas it has about spider-man and the character of spider-man the music is super good from michael giacchino um the cinematography is amazing. I love that. But I, I just love how it changes the character of Spider-Man and how he's my favorite Marvel character, even in the comics. And, like, it is just so much of the idea and characteristics of Spider-Man that I've waited to see and I just loved <laughs> being able to see. It was pretty amazing. I, I, I love it. Do I recommend this movie? Definitely to anybody, no matter what, even if you are a part of the MCU or not. There you go. Okay. Well, here's my spoiler wall. And come on. Okay, so this movie helped me, it made me realize 
so this is I think I've watched it one time before, but it was very it was a while ago. Like when it usually when it first came out. Um I think I first watched it. I was in Park City when I first watched it. Um <clears throat> one thing I want to say is that this movie shows the consequences of being a kid in high school and a superhero. Cause he sees that he has to ditch his friends all the time and go out and go out and be a superhero. And I I like that because it's it ex, it expanded my idea of what Spider Man would be like, and that's just elaborating on what these two of you guys have said already. But it was I was impressed by the whole story. I was I was, I was so big in the story. I was, I was so caught up in that when I watched it this time. But I would recommend this movie um, to complete the Spider Man Spider Man saga. I guess, but I'm out of time, so. All right. Okay. Well, that's the spoiler wall, everybody. Thanks for listening. This originally was going to be the episode where we revealed the winner of our survey, but nobody took it on time, so we have (laughs) decreased the requirements to be able to win a movie. Again, this is a movie that you will own if you win the survey. So to enter, simply take the survey in the the show notes. It's like a 30-second to a minute-long survey that you'll be entered into the drawing. If you want to get in the drawing even more, share the podcast on social media and tag us. You'll get five extra entries automatically. Um, That way you can win a free movie. There's going to be two winners, one in the U.S. and one internationally. So go take that survey. Win yourself a free movie. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Wall. Go watch the movie if you haven't. Enjoy the heck out of it. Come back and listen to the main episode. Thanks for listening to The Basement Binge. Everybody else, on to the regular scheduled program. Keep on chugging. Let's do it. Okay, two cents. This is the first segment of our podcast, like we always do. This is where we give our knee-jerk reactions with spoilers, with the whole nine yards, but with two minutes, two minutes to do it. Let's get to it. Um, we'll start with Harrison. This is your movie, man. This is one. Of, this one in your top rankings. We'll start with you. You are on the clock. Okay, so I I've already loved this movie. Already love the emotional value that this writing and character of Spider-Man and Peter Parker plays. And then having watching Civil War so recently, a movie that I don't watch frequently, I noticed how the emotion of Peter Parker starts in that movie. That that it doesn't repeat the story of Uncle Ben dying and then Peter Parker feeling guilty. And then because he feels guilty, he's like, I gotta, you know, I've got great power, so I've gotta be responsible. But something happens in Peter Parker's life because of Uncle Ben. And then Uncle Ben is gone, and we're introduced to Peter Parker, who has already learned the lesson, but is just trying to live up to it. And I think that's so much harder than actually learning the lesson. And so I I just love the movie and everything it does to show Peter Parker trying to be Spider-Man, trying to be someone with incredible power, the way Uncle Ben taught him, while also just trying to be a normal kid. And like trying to be normal, trying to fit in, trying to be yourself and figure out who you are in high school, while also trying to be great is not easy and that character arc continues even more in far from home but i think it's just like an amazing addition to what it would mean to have greatness in you which i think all of us do and i'm totally getting into fall in here but like that's just i just love what this movie has to say about each one of us and our own potential and i love how tom holland portrays peter parker he's like the he's like the ultimate characterization of spider-man but also peter parker in school um 
Michael Giacchino's score is super, super fun. I love that. The cinematography in this movie is really good. I mean, a lot of Marvel movies, the cinematography is just, like, good enough to get the job done. But in this movie, like, I notice how good and artful it is. So just, like, so many things about this movie I think are just next level when it comes to the typical superhero movie. While also being just a fun superhero movie about Spider-Man, web-slinging around, having a bunch of fun. So, yeah, I, I cannot say enough good about this movie. Just full spoilers ahead for the show. You got to get some insulin because this is going to be straight positivity for me. <laughs> nice. Okay, Calton, you're up. And go. All right. My two cents. So, um, this watching um, Spider-Man Homecoming the second time around, it really solidified the movie in two ways. It made me realize... I like I saw the good and I like realized how much I liked the good parts, but I also recognized what I didn't like it and it like made me realize why I don't like those parts. Like it I really like it now, but I also really don't like the parts I don't like if that makes sense. But because I I do love this Spider Man because like exactly what you said, Harrison, he's just great all around. Um but I don't like how Iron Man becomes like his mentor. I get like weird vibes from that, and that kind of like carries on into the second one a little bit. So I don't, I don't know why. I just don't like that vibe. But I think the thing that um, the biggest thing that's like hard is watching like Spider Man have to learn like bad things happen because technically it's his fault, you know. Like I, I that hurts me to like watch movies like that because it's like frick, dude. Like why can't he just like do the right thing, you know? So maybe it's because I relate too much, but, like, um, so that was hard to watch. But aside from that, I actually really, really thought the, like, dynamic between Vulture, forget his name, and Spider-Man was really, really good. Like, I didn't realize how intense it was, especially when he picks up Liz at her house for prom. Like, I remember watching it the first time. The, you know, Vulture opens the door and it's just, like, gut punch. You're like, oh, my God gosh like what and, and we get to see our hero interact with the villain in a way that like i haven't ever seen before it's like oh you got to be chill take his daughter out to prom like <laughs> <laughs> suffer the in a, like uncomfortable like meet the dad thing but like in a way worse way so i thought this is a really fun movie great like great comedy and i loved the comedy and i it definitely improved my thoughts about the movie watching the second time around so there you go. it's going up on my rankings nice okay here's my two cents so w- there's two things that i realized when i watched this movie for a second time this was the first one that i was legitimately able to focus very much on because um in part three there was something going on so it was, i missed like i missed parts of scenes and stuff um but so that was one. I was able to watch the movie completely, 100% focused. Two, um, oh, what was it? It gave me the reason why they made a third one. A third, like they had a, a third person acting as Spider-Man. Because there was, I, I forgot the other guys. But now, like, to me, it's like it's Tom Holland. He is Spider-Man. And for a good reason. Because it shows, Spider-Man, he, he was a kid in high school when he learned, got his powers or yeah, high school he got his powers, 
And two, he is way in over his head with these powers. Like he doesn't like great response, great power, great responsibility. It kind of it does that one. Like the other game, other movies were so big on that, but this one was was different. And so it was. You could see how him struggling with how he's supposed to use his power in the right ways. Like he was first, he was going to use his power to get the girl or be popular, and that all like kind of fell behind him as he was trying to save everybody. And you just see his struggle, and it's like, come on, man, just make the right choice. Like it's just, it's not that hard. Like we've seen, what five movies? Spider Man making the right choice, and he's like just can't seem to get it. And you just, you want more. You want to see him understand how to use it, and you get to see it at the very end and stuff. And it's, I kind of like, I kind of like Tony Stark being in this movie because I just love Tom Tony Stark in this. The mentor thing was a little weird, but I underestimated this, underestimated this movie a lot. I feel bad breaking it so low. <laughs> yeah, where did all you guys rank your... Where did you rank this one exactly? Uh, so, again, I kind of said this earlier. In like the whole saga ranking, I put it at number two, and I remember doing this, because this is my number one movie in MCU, but I put The Winter Soldier above it, because for me, The Winter Soldier has more rewatchability than this movie, like, I have to go longer amounts of time between this movie than Winter Soldier, but rewatching this, I was like, nope, wrong choice, this is going back to number one. <laughs> and then, okay. yeah, yeah, so in the phase, mine's at number two right now, or in the saga. Alright, alright, yeah, I put mine pretty dang far down, it's at 18. <laughs> Out of the 23. So that's kind of like garbage, you know? Well, it's like all the movies are good, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty dang well. So I, I think that... Yeah, that like with mine, it was... Mine's at 15, but that's because that's based off of... That I didn't really... I didn't... I don't know. I understood this movie, like I said before. And I feel like I need to move this up a little more. Because it's... it's Oh, it was it was a lot of fun. It's just it's one of the, it's one of the few Marvel movies where it's just it's just fun, straight fun. You want a fun movie? You watch this one. So I feel bad breaking yeah. this low. I don't know what about Phase Phase Three. Phase Three, mine's at number one. So mine's yeah. mine's at eight. It's at, it's pretty much at the bottom. Uh, like Far From Home, Civil War, Captain Marvel. It's pretty low. Yeah, this. T- <laughs> For me, the two Spider-Man movies are like ten and eleven, so I did. Maybe it was just like I was not feeling the new Spider-Man because I actually really like the second one. I remember um, in the ranking though, you were you were hating on this movie. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. I still, I still, I'm still firm on Far From Home. From what I remember of that movie, I did not like it. It was just nah, no, no. But I will say I. Oh, it's hard because I looking at the movies above it. It might be hard to move up, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It, it grew on me a little more, but no, I won't say but. I'll just let, it grew on me. I liked it. We are coming close to the re ranking of all the Marvel movies, so everybody Ooh. subscribe if you aren't already because things That's are gonna coming. That's going to be a fun for that. episode, so everybody. Yeah. All right. It's a blast to listen to. So pick your poison. We we uh, kind of talked about ranking, kind of getting our feels out about it already, but. Uh, Pick your poison. Mine's obvious. I already owned the movie. One of the first Marvel movies I bought. Uh, I would definitely buy it again. I I watched this movie. Harrison so many times. would sleep with this movie like every <laughs> night, cu- like cuddled in his arm. He would sleep with it. So, 
<laughs> I think for me, I need to, I need to buy this movie because one thing that needs to be important is that this movie is not on Netflix. Is that correct? It's not on no. Netflix. And it's not on no. Disney Plus. And it's not Disney it's Plus Sony. because it's owned by Sony. I think that's a super important detail that fans need to remember because I looked at Disney Plus. I was like, oh, freak. It's not on here. <laughs> it's Sony. So I had, I had to fumble around for, and look for it. But this movie could potentially fall through the cracks because of that. So I think I need to, walk, I need to buy it to save this movie. Even though it doesn't really need saving. Right. Saving it for me at least. Okay, so before I watched it the second time, I think this movie... So for everyone who doesn't know, we have like our five different rankings. It's Never Watch Again. Um, it is Stream. No, we have four. Sorry, four different rankings. Never Watch Again, Stream, which is like if it's there and there's nothing else to do, we'll watch it. And then we have Rent, where we'll actually pay money to watch it like on a streaming service. And then we have Buy. So before it... It was like in between never watch again and stream. Like if I go to someone's house, if I go to someone's house and it happens to be on, there's nothing else to do. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, like I would never have consciously like clicked on it to watch, but I retract that feeling. I apologize for I have sinned, <laughs> but I think this movie is in between rent and like stream. Like if I was like, Hey, let's like watch this movie. Everyone pitching a dollar, pitching a dollar. I'm like, okay, I like, I'll pay that. You know what I'm saying? And maybe if I watch this again, that'll go up. Who knows? But so, so you'd rent I, mean, it on I might a have sale. just had like a tear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rent on a sale. That's a good one. <laughs> but I think maybe maybe it was just the mindset I watched it the first time. I don't know. But I I, I definitely enjoyed it the second time through. I will say I like I know that I have such a positive perception of this movie that it's hard for me to like even analyze anything bad about it you know like can you just love something so much that like your mind yeah. can't even comprehend that it would have a flaw so i'm excited especially you Kellen, because i feel like we're like at really kind of opposite ends here <laughs> yeah. uh, but i mean for both of you guys i'm yep. excited to like have someone open up my mind like hey this movie isn't perfect and i know that it isn't but like I- i'm curious to see how i'm going to respond to people not being as excited about it as i am you know what i mean uh-huh yeah yeah for sure all right, sweet. I think that moves us on to our next segment, which is binge points. Any Easter eggs or fun things we liked about the movie, we just kind of bleh, throw it all out so we could just enjoy it and learn cool things about this. So, anyone want to start us off? I'm trying to think right now. I had not prepared for this segment. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of thrown. Uh, for the sake of time, I'll uh, just kind of say, like, Oh, it is so cool to see like how many things that Karen teaches Peter about his suit that like later he uses, especially like the webs. Like I'd never noticed this before this time, but like he learns what a ricochet web is, and then a few moments later in the elevator scene in the Washington Monument, he uses the ricochet web to like bounce it off the thing to catch the elevator. And so it's like it just like to me showed how good of of a, I didn't catch a, that. Yeah, like, and even later, he uses, like, when he fights Vulture The web grenades and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the ferry and all that. When he's on the ferry and he's fighting the bad guys before the FBI shows up, he uses tons of different types of webs. And then later in the end scene, when he's fighting Vulture on the plane, he uses a bunch of different types of webs. And, like, I would not be able to learn or think that fast. And it showed, like, how smart he is, but also just, like, how good of, like, a hero he is, for lack of better words. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the Easter eggs for me, I just thought it was cool is we got to see 
Um, this movie really kind of sets up the origin of this Spider-Man really well and like establishes the time sign from the very get-go, especially with the villain. Like we see kind of the motives behind the villain and like who he is and like why he's acting the way he is, but also shows like how Spider-Man like kind of fits in with the rest of the Avengers so that like movies in the future still work out in the MCU. But I just thought it was cool to see how we never got to see really the move from the Avenger Tower to like their actual other facility. And how actually there was like a whole disaster that we never knew about, but we get to see like Spider-Man kind of do his Avenger thing. So yeah. I really like that. Part of me thinks that this whole the Infinity Saga is the origin story for Spider-Man. That this next era or saga is going to be Spider-Man's character arc. Yeah, I, I, think that, I think that he's a big part of it. Especially, this is totally just like guessing here. Especially if we go with the like the young Avengers or the new Avengers, if they go with that route, like Spider Man, especially as young as he is in the MCU, is huge to that. So it'll be interesting to see. Especially with the whole like legal battle between Sony and Disney, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you know, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I I also noticed like kind of what you're saying, talking about Harrison, is that this movie was really good at foreshadowing a lot of things. Um, oh, there's another word for it. Oh, it's a liter. No, it's not a liter. It's um, uh, exposition of where like something will get brought up early on and it would be used later on. Like, I love um, oh, my Ned is that his yeah. name? Ned, his whole can I be the chair guy thing? <laughs> yeah. And then like, he has this moment later on in the movie where he's like swiveling between two different like computers and he one. he's like, I'm the chair guy, Die in the chair. <laughs> so funny. So, so, yeah, that was really cool. I noticed that this movie used exposition really well to kind of, like, set up things. And, and in a good way where you didn't see it coming. Like, it wasn't clunky or weird at all. It was just, like, fun and made it a lot more enjoyable to watch. I agree. So. I, I also noticed that, like, how good the movie is at, like, show, don't tell. People say that a lot in movies. But, like, funny things it tells. Like, can I be the guy in the chair? Or, like, web grenade! You know, like, like silly <laughs> things. Like, the, yeah. <laughs> Like, dumb <laughs> things that, better? like, they point out so they're super obvious, and then they use them later, but in, like, a really keen eye way. But then, like, really important things like Vulture's arc going from, like, a, a bad guy who steals, who's an arms dealer to, like, someone who's willing to kill people. You know, that's a huge change, and it doesn't really, like, say, it's never talked about. The, the exposition of that story isn't super clunky, but it's just, like, small events that happen in the movie that like it's really good at showing happening instead of telling yeah. and like it's really cool how they trade off between like enough for you to catch on with things they tell if you're not good at noticing the showing but like rewarding you if you are it's just i love that about the movie you know actually harrison that makes me think like this may be one of the first movies that i can recall right now or if it comes to mind where you get kind of get to see a mini arc in the villain as I think about, like, remember when he shot the shocker guy or whatever? He thought he was using the anti-gravity yeah. gun or something. Yeah, he's like, so he, he didn't actually have the intention to kill him. But we kind of get to see a little moment. It's like, oh, huh. And then, like, he kind of accepts it and it's like, all right, you know, this is what I'm doing for, my like, my motives, my family, or whatever it is. So that's kind of cool to see, like, the villain kind of move like that, so... Yeah, cool stuff. Uh, that particular scene I'm going to talk about more in Fall In because that's a, a big part of it. And I think you see you see uh, uh, Vulture's arc in like two ways. Like 
to get more evil and then like super quick to realize how wrong he is and to like make a turn back for good for like better words at the end but yeah yeah so i I don't really have any other binge points um yeah i I think i'm also for the sake of time i think we should move on to the next segment i do want to say they they do they do mention uh the bat the villains of shocker and scorpion oh yeah Wait, what was Scorpion? Scorpion mentioned? is that dude in the, in the end cuts thing where he's like all burned up and stuff. He's also on the he's on the uh, the ferry. He's one of the guys on the ferry that's buying. Oh. He's got a scorpion tattoo on his neck. Oh, okay, that's sick. I did not notice that. Also, another one is uh, what's his name? I'm well, I'm totally blanking on his name. Miles Morales's uncle. Uh, what's his name? Oh, oh the Prowler. Yeah, the Prowler. Uh, Aaron Davis is that his name? Yeah. I, he is the guy played by, um, I forget that, Childish Gambino. The rapper. <laughs> I forget Glover. his real name. But who Spider-Man like webs through the car and interviews, like interrogates. Yeah, Donald Glover. Yeah, right? Donald Glover. That's his name. Uh, yeah, that's Miles Morales' uncle. And he mentions, he's like, I got a nephew in this neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. No way. Mind blown. I knew there was something. I, I did I, not I know mentioned that. when I was watching, I knew there was something about Miles Morales. Like, but I couldn't. Pinpoint. Oh yeah, Kate, Kate, you brought that up, but yeah, I didn't. That's way cool. That's sick. I did not think about that. The other bench point I want to have, I'll move on. I'll do it quick for the sake of time, though. Is like this movie's like super good at throwing in like funny details in the dialogue, like or just things in the movie that are funny. Like I notice when he goes when Spider Man's fighting at the ATM and he's fighting the Avengers. Behind him, there's a sign that says "Identity Theft." We can help. And it's, like, just a total joke, you know? <laughs> and then later, he's at dinner with Aunt May, and he's like, I need a new backpack. And she's like, what? That's five. So, like, clearly he keeps losing his backpack. It's just, like, <laughs> other things like that constantly throughout the movie are just thrown in, which are, I find hilarious. Dang, that's awesome. I dig it. So. All right. Sweet. Next segment. Least and likes. It's the segment where we talk about our least favorite and our favorite favorite. It's a bad description, but we're going to go with that. This is what I really wanted to get to, this scene, this segment, because I want to see, I want to hear what you guys' favorite, least favorites are, and then I want to, and I'll, I'll share mine. I want, I want to hear Harrison's. I want to see if he's got one. My least favorite? Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, Trying to remember. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't. It's not like a scene, but it's what what Kellen said in it. I think it's binge points or spoiler wall. Where like seeing Spider Man having to learn that like he made a mistake, although he was acting with good intention and there's consequences. Like that's just a bummer. Like I relate to that, and like I don't think that it's bad in the film. Like it's really really essential to the character arc of Spider Man. So it's not bad. It's just like it makes me sad. I'm like, come on, man. Like it's okay. <laughs> you know. So I don't, I don't really have one. I'm trying to remember like a specific scene, and I can't remember. So if if I'm kind of just trying to pick one, I guess I can say that. All right. Uh, least favorite scene. So this one's not really a scene, but I it's like kind of like the whole feel, like the first fifteen minutes of the movie came off as kind of really cheesy, and like. The first what? Kind of corny. First, like the first ten minutes of the movie. I don't know why, but like watching him, how does movie? He was like he's like recording himself. It's like a. Oh yeah, I did not like that. It kind of. It made. Peter seem younger. 
Yeah, like, and throughout the whole movie, Peter's always seen as, like, this little kid, and it plays off that a couple times, you know, with Donald Glover, when he's like, yo, like, wow, I know I heard, like, a little girl voice, (laughs) but, like, he's using, like, the negotiation thing or whatever. And then also when, like, he says um, to Ned, when he wants him to unhack his suit, he's like, dude, you're just a kid. He's like, oh, I'm not a kid. And then Ned's like, but you are, though. Like, so I didn't like this whole constant, not belittling, but kind of downplaying how how important and, like, good of a hero Spider-Man is. It kind of felt like this underdog feel, which I don't feel Spider-Man deserves as a hero. Like, yes, he's, he's always been kind of seen as the outcast from the Avengers, like, even the comics, like, the whole thing, you know, but I just didn't like how he was kind of having to, like, earn everything he worked for, you know? And then kind of what you're saying, Harrison, where bad things happen kind of because of his fault, you know? And then when Iron Man comes in and, like, chastens him for, like, messing up, like, that, uh, that I did not like. It just felt like, oh, come on. Like, he's doing, he had, like, good intentions. No one's listening to him. Obviously, like, shiz is going down. And no one's, like, paying attention. All they could see is, like, the mistake he's made, you know? So I didn't like that. So that's my least favorite. What's yours, Kate? Okay. So my least favorite was the suburb scene where he's being dragged by the, by the van. Van. Like, Spider-Man needs tall buildings to swing and do his, do his jig. And... He's in the suburbs, and it's like it's just him running and running and running and jumping and crashing into I a shed. I thought the golf course scene was the funny, The golf course though. was Not funny, though. Like, <laughs> I feel like that was as much as I, I wanted. He just goes, and he's like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts running. This sucks. But, like, the point where he's, like, he's like jumping through all, through all these neighborhoods, and he, like, falls into a pool. He fall, Like, he knocks out a chimney. He breaks through a fence on purpose. <laughs> yeah. and he like freaks these girls out in a tent and just like it's funny but I was like I, 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 would, I would mind I wouldn't mind if it was like a couple of couple of scenes where he falls in a few yards but then it was like it was like this whole dragged out thing and I I was like okay come on like back to some web slinging and some Spider-Man the Spider-Man I love like the game I played there's Billy Dave where you just you, oh, yeah. you just flip a web and you just go so but I, I didn't like that scene, so. Yeah. Um, well, favorite scenes. Should we talk about our favorites? <laughs> favorites. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll go first. Okay. I'm, I'm going to talk about it way more in Falling, but my favorite scene, without a doubt, probably my favorite scene in the whole MCU is when Spider-Man is crushed under the building, and he's like, come on, Spider-Man. That. I have so many... I just love that. <laughs> that I, thought you were going, I thought you were going to go more into the dialogue, I, I, but I you did. just stopped. Not going to lie, I remember you telling us about that scene a little bit, and I did pay attention a lot more, and I was able to feel the emotion a little more, so yeah, I'm I, interested to I, see I, I, I remember that. Like, okay, I need to pay attention to this, so like set up and, and on the couch and listen more. Um, favorite, yeah, Kate, what's your favorite oh, scene? Okay. Um, favorite scene... Favorite scene, favorite scene, favorite scene. I gotta like rewind the movie in my head. Um, there was one I point I wanted to make. It was the first twenty minutes or first thirty minutes. I like seriously enjoyed that. Like this whole other than like the video thing where he, but the point where he gets the he gets the suit and he's like, uh, he like goes out and he's just crazy crime fight. He's crime fighting and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. 
And, like, he, like, gets a churro from this old lady, and, like, <laughs> he, like, the girl, the guy, is locked out of his car, she's, like, locking into it, and he, like, <laughs> like, whipsling his hand, and whipsling his face, and slams his face into this car. And then the old lady are like, bike? what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the Stanley... Okay, for the record, quick point out, like, about how cool this movie was, is that, remember how, so he called Happy and tells him, like, he got, like, this lady bought him a churro, right? Later, when Tony Stark is talking to Peter, he brings up the churro lady, and it's like, "Whoa, he's that's kind of cool!" Listening. Like just to see like the depth, yeah, yeah, to see the depth of the movie. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted. Just, I love the crime findingness of of Spider Man and his banter with with like, um, with criminals. Like usually, I don't know if been in a fight, but there's not there's not much conversation. And then that there's because seeing him talk to all these bad guys. Reminded me of that scene. I was like, "Oh, this is a good, good part. This is a good part." I, I just, I just really enjoyed that. I, I it takes me back to when like I was a when kid. Like when he, when he's at the ATM and like he sees him and he kind of like sets up like, to like, like rest against. Him. <laughs> he like walks in the door. <laughs> hey guys, closes it. Catches <laughs> me all cool. Yeah, that was, that was good. I like that. I because um, in the, my favorite scene. Oh, go ahead, Colin. Go ahead, go Kate. Ahead. Okay, yeah. Um, my favorite scene. I actually really, really liked the final fight with Vulture and Spider-Man. On, like, on the plane the or on the ground? On the ground. Okay. Like, actually kind of all of it, but I really liked it on the ground. Because there's, like, a moment when they're both in the air and, like, the fire's kind of burning on the sand. It just created, like, a cool moment. And it was... I think there's... No, it doesn't go slow-mo. In my head, it was slow-mo because it was so sick. <laughs> But, like, I just heard they were fighting. I was like, whoa. Like, the CGI was really, really cool. And for the record, I love, love Vulture's wings. Yeah, those are cool. Those sick. Like, huge. Like, the, all the moments when he's, like, about to put them on, they're, like, all fanned out. Or, like, when he's up on the billboard and they're, like, kind of shielding him. They're so cool. Like, that just looks cool. Like, each time, like, the the rotors would come out, like, kind of menacing. You're just like, and you're like, oh, dang, it's Vulture. That was sick. So it was cool to like watch that in action, like fighting Spider Man and Spider Man using all his like webs and just like fighting it and stuff. So that was way fun to watch. So that was my favorite scene. Okay, sweet. Well, let's move on to the final segment Wait, here. Honorable mention is the scene where Aunt May almost drops the f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> okay, I'm done. That's good. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, all right. Last segment, fall in. Okay, meanings, messages, the emotion of the movie. Uh, I've obviously got a ton to talk about. I want to talk about Vulture a little bit and kind of his arc and why it's so relatable and also Spider-Man. But is there anything else you guys know? I don't want to, like, take over. I know you guys have things to say, too. Um, Uh, No, I'm happy to just, like, write on what you have, Harrison. Just hop on that. But, Cade, if you want to say anything. Yeah, so the moment where, like, Spider-Man is, like, so this movie really just like emphasized, kind of just beat into you that Spider-Man is a kid. He's a kid. He's not. A, he's a superhero, but he's definitely a kid. He's got a kid with superpowers, and he's show. He's like he's ditching school. He's ditching friends. He's ditching a date to go out and be a superhero. But you can see that he has all these good intentions, but he's bailing out on a lot of stuff. So his whole like everywhere else, he seems like he seems like a bad kid, and he's like, I'm not bad. I'm just trying to be good and. It's just this. Um, 
it, that bugged me, but for a good reason. Because in the other movies, like you didn't see the consequences of him like running off. Oh, gotta go somewhere, and he makes an excuse and stuff like that. Like the one thing like that hits home the biggest with him like ditching ditching everything else and being Spider Man was when Tony Stark calls him and he's like, "Hey, I wanted to say like nice job on the on the, at, nice job in DC. That was really great." And because I know my dad is not. He didn't ever really comment me a lot, so I wanted to break the cycle of shame. And like you can see, Tony Stark is actually trying to be—you can see his arc a little bit, but you can see. I just like that conversation because Spider-Man's like—he's like he's like pushing away, like no, like I don't need your help, like I got this. But he doesn't really because he's just because kids are always in over their head, like it almost doesn't—it almost doesn't matter what it is. They're always in over their head on stuff. And they like romanticize things, and Spider-Man in this movie is, is a perfect example of that. And that conversation with Tony Stark over the phone with Karen is perfect. It shows that perfectly. Yeah, I agree with you. That's cool. I like it. What do you got, Harrison? Um, well, I'll I'll talk about Vulture super quick. I I like. So, like, just super quick to, like, kind of run down why I think his arc is so impressive and why he's one of the best villains in the MCU, especially up to this point, is, like, he starts as somebody who just got, like, a rough situation. Like, he was just doing his job. He took out a loan. Like, you know, an opportunity came up in his life where he was excited about a financial opportunity he had to provide for his family, and so he took a lot of risks on it. And then, you know, he lost it. And that's, like, a huge bummer. Like, that, that stinks, dude. Yeah, just, like, just because... Just because Tony Stark's got money and he's going to handle the thing, just boom, you're out of a job. Like, that's rough. And so, like, kind of desperation and, like, the despair of that can lead people to do less than good things. And the more and more you do less than good things, the more and more bad things you do. And that's exactly what happens is he starts stealing things and then he starts selling weapons and then they start getting more extreme and then he starts lying to his wife and then when there's a chance that his wife could find out he's willing to kill people and then he accidentally does kill somebody and then he's like oh well you know to quote knives out in for a penny in for a pound like he just kind of goes full-fledged like well i killed a dude well now i'm willing to do that and it's like an interesting arc of like trying to keep a lie to someone you love and like live up to your fake lie without them finding out and they're like the horrible and desperate measures you'll do to protect that life from coming out, but also how, like, just tough times made him make a bad decision, and the more he continued to make those bad decisions, the worse he got. Until, at the very end, luckily, someone with a good heart, like Spider-Man, chose to save him anyway, and then he starts to kind of realize... He suffers the consequences of his actions and then starts to realize that, you know, there's there's a different choice. And I just like that arc. I think it's... You know, it's really, like, easy to just be like, oh, he's a bad dude, he steals weapons, he kills people just because he's bad. But it's way different to show, like, it was... He wasn't always that way, it was a progression. Which I just like. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of like... What I kind of... Like, what I was saying with the whole villain thing, we get to see him kind of progress. And I thought it was really cool just at the end and how he was willing to kind of walk away from Spider-Man. You know, he gave Peter kind of like a look, last chance kind of thing, you know? So I think it really showed a lot of it, like his character. I'm like how he still isn't just like some crazy guy who's willing to kill anyone, you know? Like he recognized that Peter saved his daughter's life, 
but he's also saying, like, stay out of my business, you know? So, I thought that was cool. Yeah, Harrison, what else do you, were you thinking about saying? Uh, I just love Spider-Man's arc, like I was saying. So, we all know the story of Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben dies. I don't know what the Uncle Ben in this universe tells Spider-Man, but something along the lines of, great power comes great responsibilities. I mean, Spider says it, Spider-Man says it himself in Civil War, when when you have the power to stop bad things from happening and those bad things still happen, they happen because of you. And like, it's just like a huge mantle on his shoulder that's like, you have the ability to be great and you have the responsibility to live up to that greatness. And that's not easy when you're a kid in high school. And I, the reason that I love it so much is because I think that that is a mantle that's placed on every single person who's ever lived. And like, that sounds so cheesy, but I like, I really believe that that like each one of us has the responsibility and potential to live up to so much more because of how much potential is inside of us. And it is so hard. Like Spider-Man suffers because he's trying to do the right thing. And then he almost gets expelled from school. And then people think he's a loser. And all these bad things happen because he's trying to do the good thing. And then like, it's really hard to find a balance. And then when he does try to do the good thing, the person that he's trying to prove his worth to just totally says you're worthless and like there's another kind of side of it where like he's looking up he's trying to find a father figure to replace uncle ben someone that can say you know what spider-man you did it like peter you did it someone who can gratify his desire to live up to that responsibility uncle ben put on him and i think that's why he latches onto iron man so quickly and that's why he's so devastated when um iron man lets him go and that's just like such something that I relate to on a daily basis. Like I'm trying so hard to be good and all these bad things are happening. And then people that I want to see that I'm being good, like are disappointed in me. And that's just like hard. It's hard to live up to who you can be when you care about what those people care about you, you know? And I think that kind of embodies like the whole point of being a hero, right? Is being able to, like, not be able to recognize, like, your ability to help, but also put that ability to help above, like, almost any other thing that you can do. You know, like, you could argue that Peter could have totally, like, stayed at that party to show, and Spider-Man shows up, like, oh, you know what's up? Like, Peter's my best bro or something, you know, just to help kind of Peter save face in front of the school and not be, like, a loser anymore, you know? But, like, when the when it came to it, he saw something happen and he left because that's what a hero would do. And just that selfless um, conscience to go and do the right thing, even though it kind of makes your life harder in the end, like trying to do your thing or to kind of achieve your other hopes and dreams that you have. So I think that's really important to see, like um, to be able to find that part of you to kind of recognize your ability to help and to always act on it if you see an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another, like, side of it that kind of has to do with it but not a ton is that scene that I love. And it's just because, I'll be quick because I know we're running out of time, but it, it just comes from the first time I ever watched the movie. I was just amazed, like, how much I felt like Spider-Man when the building crumbled on him. Like, he's crushed. He's going to die. And, like, the first thing he does is, like, start to cry and almost have, like, an anxiety attack and, like, cries out like a kid, like, I'm down here, like, help me. Like, and it's done so well by Tom Holland, but, like, nobody's there. 
I mean, a whole building just found, fell down in the middle of nowhere. Like, nobody is even close, and he knows that. But it's, like, almost so instinctual for him to just, like, call out for help. Um, and then he realizes that it's, like, ultimately up to him, and he has that great moment where he's like, come on, Spider-Man! And it's like, the reason that I think it's a part of that arc is because he realizes that he's good enough because of who he is. Like, he's not good enough because he's got a fancy suit from from Tony Stark. He's not good enough because Tony Stark said he was good enough to be an Avenger. He's good enough because he's Spider-Man and like he doesn't have to be bitten by the spider to be Spider-Man. So I don't I I don't want to like try and say this and say like, "Oh, well, I wasn't bitten by the Spider-Man. I'm a spider. I'm not Spider-Man." But like he's good enough. He can do it because of who he is and then he does and lifts up a freaking building off of him in like this super intense scene. And um it's it's just cool. Yeah, I I noticed something really cool about that scene. Is he first says like come on Peter as he's trying to lift up the rubble and then he says come on Spider-Man. Like I think that slight change of how he addresses himself shows like he's recognizing that he is someone important and he is someone who like can do it, you know? So that's really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. I love it. Yeah, it's I don't know, it just it just makes him relatable that he that, superheroes are not just like people who are just they can just pick up superpowers and just be who the comics are but like Spider-Man really had to come into his own because no one was there for him so he's like he had to turn himself and really I don't know it was, you could talk about all day about that scene that was, that was huge because how old is how old is Peter Parker in this movie he's like, he's uh, like 17 what, 15 16 like, I don't know I'll be able to do that if I was that, if I was that old, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I just love it, too, and I, I would really, I have to mention this. I love, especially at the beginning of the movie, like, Cade mentioned that scene where he's fighting crime, like, how the cinematography makes Spider-Man so insignificant. Like, once in the example where he's, like, swinging his web and he, like, trips on the building, and he's like, I'm okay, and he's, like, puny. Like, he does, he fills up what, like, like, 1% of the frame? Like, he's so small. And, like, not only the cinematography, but just, but especially the cinematography, like, it just makes him insignificant. And he's looking for gratification of that responsibility he's trying to live up to, but also, like, who he can be in other people. And then at the end, like, he gives himself like when that, that gratification. When the random citizen told him to do a backup on top of that building, he, he felt good, like, someone recognized him as Spider-Man. Yeah, he's like, call me Spider-Man, you know, like, like he's wanting that gratification of that responsibility he has to live up to from other people, and he gives it to himself at the end, so to speak, in believing in himself, and it's, it's just like a powerful, like, you know, uh, there's this quote that my wife shares with me sometimes, I've mentioned it before in the podcast, that it's like, our biggest fear isn't that we are, like, uncapable, but we are powerful beyond measure, totally butchered it, but, like, the idea is that, like, there's so much greatness in each one of us, and we just have to understand that and bring it out and stop looking for it in the wrong places so i like that i love this movie i could talk about it forever so i should just stop <laughs> yeah those are some really cool like insights i think when you're able to take uh this movie and see it that way it's really really cool to see whether we kind of go through struggles like that or someone else does uh, perhaps not on like such a big scale you know but just like even small moments like that where we kind of recognize our own worth and our abilities it's really cool to talk about it and kind of learn from that so 
I appreciate that, Harrison Cade. You guys have some cool insights. Well, should we end it on that note? That's a good that's a good note I to think end on. So. So Alright. Right now I can't hear Harrison. Can I can hear, hear Cade? I think he's frozen, so let's just that's a good note to end on. We'll do, uh, we lost Harrison. He might have heard the same audio. We'll hear his audio when we finish. But um, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. everyone for listening. And, and don't and don't forget to fill out our survey really quick to get a free movie. Go out and do that. It's really quick. Share it on social media. All that jazz. Check it out in the link. We'll post it online. All that stuff. So go check it out. And you guys yeah. are awesome. So peace out. Home dogs. Alright, what it do, baby? Adios. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.